Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, December the 27th. Welcome to our commentary. The year of 2023 is down to three or four days. So I tell you, time is flying. I think I talked about this this other day. In fact, I was talking to a good friend the other day. He says, your time goes by faster when you get older. And it sure seems that way. It's still the same 60 seconds, 24, clock, 24 hours a clock. But the time does seem to fly in 2023. It's definitely flown by, to uh, to say the least. Well, before we get to our story, which is, of course, the Secretary of State and the, Secre the Secretary of, of uh, Homeland Security down in Mexico City talking to the President of Mexico about the border, before we get there, a couple of very interesting stories that just surfaced here in the last couple of hours. Uh, the first one is that the state of Michigan has uh, decided not to keep Donald Trump, former President Trump, off the ballot. They they looked at the situation and said, no, that's not a good idea. Let the people decide. And that's the correct thing to do. I think what Colorado did a week or so ago was such an overreach, and especially the reasoning behind it in Colorado by saying that he's guilty of, a, of an insurrection. Well, first of all, he's never been accused of an insurrection. He's never been found guilty of an insurrection. And for that matter, the January 6th investigation doesn't even touch on the matter of insurrection. They're not even accusing Donald Trump of an insurrection in that particular investigation having to do with January 6th. So it was, the whole thing was an overreach. And, and I think in, in a sad way, because it makes the court look too political. It makes the court look too partisan. And I think a lot of people lose respect for judges when they become political. You know, judges are not supposed to be political. I know they're appointed by political uh, members like a president or a governor. And in some states, they even run for office. But the idea is that somebody in the court is going to look at the law and apply it correctly. And when they get too political, as they did in Colorado, I think they lose a lot of respect from the average American who just wants to just wants the justice uh, or judge to look at the facts and, and look at the law and keep it at that. So good thing from uh, Michigan, bad thing from Colorado. I do believe the, the ruling in Colorado is going to get overthrown or overturned, whatever, whatever the right uh, word is. So good, good uh, information from uh, Michigan regarding this. Another quick story, too, that I just saw before we uh, began recording, and that is that you now have protesters, pro-Palestine protesters, blocking the entrance to JFK Airport in New York and LA International in Los Angeles. Now, look, people, if you want to gain friends, this is not a good way to do it. If you want people to hear you and somehow support whatever you're doing, don't block airports because you're messing up people who are traveling, and that's just not a good way to make friends. So my suggestion to these people, much like the climate change uh, protesters who are breaking up, you know, going into museums and destroying things. My suggestion is find a different way to communicate uh, whatever you want to say, but blocking airports, blocking traffic, destroying uh, pieces in a museum is not the best way to make friends or to promote your cause. That much I can tell you, that much I can tell you. And somebody's going to get hurt one of these days. I mean, that's the bad thing about all of this. Somebody's going to get hurt blocking traffic and anger is going to ensue, and somebody's going to get hurt, and that's stupid. Uh, it shouldn't. 
Uh, it shouldn't happen that way. I guess if they want to protest and demonstrate, they can do that all day long. But they don't have to block airports or block the traffic. I think that's way over way over uh, the top, to say the least. Well, let's talk about Mexico and the United States and the border. The Secretary of State, Mr. Blinken, is down in Mexico City along with uh, Secretary Mallorca of uh, Homeland Security. They're down in Mexico City to talk to the president of Mexico about the chaotic situation on the border. Now, exactly what they're going to decide, I don't know. Mexico says it wants to help, but at the same time, Mexico is encouraging the United States to talk to Cuba, which I don't know what one has to do with the other. I mean, we can debate the Cuba embargo. We can definitely debate the situation in Venezuela. But what that has to do with the border is not exactly clear to me. And here's my personal observation. And I have a post over at the American Thinker today talking about this. I'm pretty familiar with Mexico. I lived there for about four or five years. I worked there for about four or five years. Now, this was a few years ago, but nevertheless, uh, I, I followed Mexico quite a bit over the last 40 years. One of the things that uh, was always very difficult to do in Mexico was for somebody from another country to cross Mexico to get into the United States. In fact, uh, if you were Central American, for example, they would really scare you about the things that were going to happen to you along the way. Central Americans who I've talked to here in the United States were scared to death to travel through Mexico, especially young women, because of all the harassment. They would literally identify Central Americans at the bus stop and pick them up and deport them. Uh, I mean, they were very, very tough on people using their country, using Mexico to come to the United States. The attitude was, you know, we don't want the Mexico to become an avenue to go to the United States. That's not what Mexico should be known for. And so the, the country would enforce that. It would come down very hard on, particularly at the time, primarily Central Americans who were traveling uh, to the United States via Mexico. Now, the country had no problem. Mexico understood that some Mexicans were going to go to the United States. And in fact, they encouraged that. But they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't want Central Americans or people from other countries using Mexico to get to the United States. Now, encouraging Mexicans to go to the United States was an economic necessity because they would come here, get a job, and send money back. And uh, just last year, the number of dollars that Mexicans have sent to Mexico exceeds $50 billion. So remittances, or as they call them in Spanish, uh, remesas, are over $50 million. That's a lot of money that they're sending back to, to the country. And that money is keeping a lot of families afloat, keeping a lot of mothers and fathers, a lot of grandfathers, a lot of people living that money that comes uh, every month. So the Mexican government didn't have any problem with encouraging that kind of illegal immigration. But at the same time, uh, in all fairness, that kind of illegal immigration was not chaotic like this is because it's primarily Mexicans sneaking into the country, and they would generally get a job under the table, but they get a job and send money back uh, to uh, to the country. It's certainly nothing like it is right now, which is a completely chaotic situation. So I think that we have to be asking Mexico a very direct question, and that is, how is any of this in your advantage? How is any of this for the benefit of Mexico to have thousands of people uh, traveling through the country? Now, my guess is that somebody in the Mexican government is blessing this. You know, you simply, it just doesn't make any sense to me that these people could travel through Mexico 
and nothing happens to them, these caravans. So obviously, some people in either the federal government in Mexico or state governments or local governments are actually encouraging this. And I'm going to be cynical, but perhaps profiting from this. Because you have now people, the word has gone out around the world that if you can get to the United States, if you can get to the U.S.-Mexico border, they're going to let you in because they're going to give you one of these visas or one of these uh, special permits where you're going to see a judge sometime in the future. We just had a case uh, in the news of a lady from Colombia who was given a date to see a judge in 2031. Well, that's eight years from now. What is this lady going to do for the next eight years? Well, she's going to be able to live in the United States, but what can she do in, uh, in, in, with that kind of, of paperwork? So obviously, uh, you know, you, you use the word racket. Somebody's profiting from this, and the people who are profiting are the people who are bringing uh, these uh, migrants to the border. And I think we have to start demanding from the Mexican government that they go after those people, that they go after those people and start saying no. You're not going to bring these people through Mexico. If you want to get them up to the United States, you've got to figure out some other way of getting them to the United States. But that's the problem, I think, that Mexico has been tolerating these caravans. I mean, that's the problem, that uh, Mexico has been tolerating these caravans. And we're seeing the consequences of that up here, all these people coming. Now you've got the mayor of Chicago, and I've got a post about this uh, coming out Thursday morning. You have the mayor of Chicago now threatening to... Uh, take over these buses or keep these buses out of Chicago, buses coming from from Texas. So the governor of Texas uh, reacted to that by flying them in. I mean, look, I can see both sides of this. The governor of Texas is saying, we cannot handle these people. The mayor of Chicago is saying, we cannot handle these people. The mayor of New York City is going nuts because the White House will not return any of his phone calls. So this is what the Biden policy on the border has done to the country. It's just created a lot of chaos, a lot of unnecessary chaos. And much of it, much of it, because Mexico is allowing these caravans. We got to come down very hard on Mexico and just tell them, look, you have to stop this. You have to stop these caravans in your country. And you got to do whatever it takes to keep them from going through Mexico to get to the United States. What do we do to Mexico? Well, there's a lot of things that we can do, but staying in Mexico was a policy that was working. Maybe we can go back to that. Uh, I would assume that Mexico would not object to that. They didn't under President Trump. But the bottom line is that Mexico has to take a more direct role in this uh, in this whole crisis. And so far, they're not, at least now. They used to, but they don't anymore. And I think we have to force Mexico to go back uh, to being much tougher on these caravans than they are at the moment. So we'll see how this meeting uh, turns out. I'm not very optimistic because the president of Mexico is talking about Cuba and Venezuela. That has nothing to do with this issue. The issue is Mexico, Mexico allowing these people to travel through their uh, through their country. So we'll see how it all pans out. Maybe they'll do a press conference or some kind of an official statement later today or tomorrow, and we can talk about that uh, uh, the next time. Well, just a quick note uh, on this day in history. 53 years ago today, 1970, George Harrison had the number one song in the country. And it was the first time that a Beatle, a solo Beatle, had hit the number one charts uh, here on, on Billboard USA. There was a song called My Sweet Lord, uh, released uh, from the album All Things Must Pass and became number one. So George, the quiet Beatle, became the first Beatle 
to have a solo number one record. He didn't have a lot of big hits, okay? I'll tell you that. He got off to a great start. He didn't have a lot of big hits after that. But he got the first one on this day, this week, in 1970. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.